Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Corner 3. Excited for an awesome show this week. Tim Dandel here with none other than the Hoops hype man himself, Alex Derrickson. What's up everybody? Hey man, what's going on? So, Oh, we're going. We're going alright. So normally when we have the show, obviously we know we're joined by the Hoops historian Sean Mackey. Uh, Sean officially is not able to make it tonight, but no big deal. He can't wait to be back here next week talking hoops with us. Especially now that training camp has officially begun. with Alex, we are almost to basketball season! So close, yet still so far. I know. Like, day two is here. And what we're knowing in day two is going to be done by by uh, game 82 of the season. Apparently, Rajon Rondo is the true leader of the Chicago Bulls. Right? Apparently has the uh, the best IQ on the floor, the best voice on the floor. Hoiberg's excited. Butler's excited. So, it's still a fucking train wreck. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, uh... I they they posted the photo of the uh, the starting four, and <laughs> it it's so bizarre. It's yes. so bizarre to see Robin Lopez, Dwayne Wade, and Rajon Rondo on the same team. Yeah, so we'll see. It'll be cool. I'm I'm excited and nowhere near optimistic. <laughs> right, I'm excited slash scared. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's gonna be. It's going to be crazy. So let's kind of go a little bit around the league for some news and just some things that have popped up there. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing to start there as far as, like, you know, we haven't had free agent signings or trades in this past couple of weeks. Well, we had the Michael Beasley deal, which I really ended up thinking is actually a pretty decent deal for Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I mean, it fills that hole they needed, yeah. to, they needed to plug with Chris Middleton. I mean, that's a huge downgrade, but it at least plugs the hole. Yeah, absolutely. So I think he'll do a well, do a really good job of filling in that spot there. Uh, but as far as on the court, I think the biggest news really has to be uh, James Harden and Houston. I know that we kind of gave Houston a little bit of a brush off the shoulder when we did our Venn diagram of where we thought the teams were. But sure. as I look through their roster and I see guys like Patrick Beverly, Eric Gordon now being in the starting lineup, like I think that's a good enough move to get them into playoff contention. Um, I, you know... I'm not going to lie to you. I've watched a whole lot of full games of James Harden. I am mm-hmm. unbelievably impressed with his ability to score like anyone else in the world from what I have seen. I haven't seen him as a distributor. And granted, I mean, not a lot of point guards really are anymore if your name's not Rondo or Kyrie Irving or players like that for obvious, sure. obvious reasons. But I think this is a good move for Houston, one, to get space on the floor. Um, it's going to really help guys like Patrick Beverly, guys like Eric Gordon. It's going to really get the ball moving. So why do you see this move going for Houston with a new coach <clears throat> And with um with Mike D'Antoni as the coach at that, and uh, James Harden kind of running the show. I, I like. I think I said a few weeks back uh, that the magic of D'Antoni kind of wore off once everybody learned how to defend D'Antoni. I mean, you saw what happened with that Lakers squad, his time, his tenure with the Knicks, and everything. Uh, mm. So I kind of think that 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 varnish and that veneer is kind of worn off of him. Uh, but James Harden at the point. You said you've never really seen him as a distributor, and neither have I. Right. Uh, I, I think this might be an attempt to answer the whole critics of Harden only shoots, Harden only scores. I think he wants to display a different facet of his game, whether it's successful or not remains to be seen. But uh, I think it's experimental. Uh, I don't think it'll last all 82 games. I think it'll... I'd be surprised if Harden is still 
playing a lot of Point by Christmas. I think uh, I'm with you, and not because of the scoring ability, because we know his offensive game is outstanding. Right. Um, it's just, it's those games, especially in the Western Conference, with those point guards out there, man. Like, when you see James Harden against Damian Lillard, where James Harden's playing defense, like, that's not going to be good. I mean, it's a, it's a size advantage, and you're kind of trying to create a mismatch, but it's it's going to be, I think, initially it's going to be problematic because James Harden's so good at creating at creating shots off the ball, like getting his own shot. So if he is going to be predominantly, you know, being the guy that carries the ball up the floor, how much of an opportunity is he going to have to, you know, get himself open and come off screens and things like that and do what he does best? Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, that's, that's taking an element out of Harden's game. Um, you know, and that makes sense to me why they're going to try it. I think we all still feel like Eric Gordon has... Maybe he might be at a quarter tank in the, of gas at this point. Uh, sure. He's, he's definitely not going to be the guy he was with the Clippers or the guy he was with the Hornets by any stretch of the matter. But I do expect you know him to be a, a quality asset to this Houston Rockets team. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it'll be... I think Eric Gordon's a good fit. I think he's going to be a good complementary kind of role player to have. Uh but it, like I said, I just think it's going to be interesting with Harden being the predominant like ball handler. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. Um, so let's talk about some other news that's going on kind of throughout uh, the league. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers and Luke Walden have kind of announced their game plan for their starting lineup this year. And so far, like we said, it could be experimental like we mentioned with Harden. Uh, second overall pick, Brandon Ingram, will be sitting the bench to start the season as they look to roll out uh, a, a young, solid rotation, obviously with additions of Luol Deng and Timothy Moskov being in the, uh, in the starting lineup. So I think it makes sense for the sake of development. I don't think it lasts. Not that I dislike, you know, the guys that they're going to put in there. Not that I dislike guys like Luol, obviously, because I love Luol um, and Randall, those guys. But I, I really think when you look at this Laker lineup and you look at these shooters they have, he might be truly their best scorer already. And that's that's the disrespect to Clarkson. That's the disrespect to Angel Russell. Um, but I, I am interested to see because you know it's you know it's pretty often in the NBA if you're a top two or three pick that you're playing immediately and you're in the roster and you're uh, you're in the starting five. So uh, are you kind of shocked to see the Lakers kind of take this change of pace? Because one, I'm not only the sake of they know they're a ways away from getting this together and being a competitive team. But two, I always feel like the best way a player is going to learn is being on the floor. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes and no. We we kind of mentioned it in passing last week. Uh, I, I know that's when it was kind of, I think that's when they announced it was earlier that day. Uh, you can find that episode on, you know, corner3.net and iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher. Like, subscribe, share. But uh, it... I think it's smart. I mean, I, I think Luke Wal uh, Luke Walton has trying to create a much more positive culture in the Lakers locker room. Uh, I you I think yeah, the best way for him to learn is going to be get, going out there and playing, especially on a young team. Uh, but at the same time, though, you also mentioned the Lakers being a ways away from kind of anything, so why risk it? Sure. And why roll the dice and maybe, you know, sure, it might take him an extra year to, to develop or catch up to, you know, anyone else that gets drafted. But he could last a few years longer in the league. He could be a much more valuable asset to them if he doesn't get hurt. And they kind of play it smart with him to kind of get him. Because I think Luke Walton's initial uh, reasoning was because he wanted to get, you know, Ingram's body more acclimated to the schedule and the travel 
and the actual physicality of the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the dude's so young, and he's so tiny. Yes. <laughs> like, he's such a wiry little bastard. But I, I think that's smart to not throw him in there to get roughed up. I think in the long run, it's playing a long game. And if he's the dude they're going to build their future around, I think it's a smart call. Yeah, and if you remember when we did our fast break with the Lakers, Harrison Fagan kind of made that to be the point is um you know that that is how it's going to be for a little bit and that's how he felt it was going to be before it really was announced so yeah i'm with you um so for one guy coming in in la to one guy leaving in la at the end of this year uh paul pierce took some time in the players tribune to announce that he will be this will be his last year in his, his nba career he will be retiring his last year as a member of the clippers um so let's take a second here to talk about paul pierce you know an unbelievable basketball player, great career, an NBA championship, two trips to the finals, um, retiring in the city he grew up in. I always think that's funny. He grew up a Laker fan, grew up hating the Celtics, and that's where he's drafted. Right. Um, one of the best college basketball players I've seen, really, if you go back to his Kansas days. But Paul Pierce had an unbelievable career. There's no doubt about it. Uh, kind of shocked he became an NBA journeyman uh, these past few years from his uh, tenure in Brooklyn to Washington to L.A., uh, God, it was really weird seeing him in a Wizards jersey. But, you know, looking back on the career of Paul Pierce, again, as Bulls fans, maybe we didn't love him as much as everyone else did. Um, but, you know, you mentioned how much you love that unfortunate uh, seven-game series the Bulls lost to the Celtics in the playoffs, where he was a huge part of that series. But still, like, oh, an un- massive. Yeah, an unbelievable career for him. So, uh, you know, your thoughts on this really kind of starting to be the end of the NBA Live 98 era. Oh, God, man. <laughs> Yeah, and it just makes me feel old and older and older. And I miss I, – I I remember when the NBA players were older than me, and I miss that. Yeah. It's it's really messing me up when I'm just like, oh, he's only 22. He can't be any good. <laughs> but, oh, man, Paul Pierce was so fucking tenacious. Yeah. Like, especially during that series and really – because I remember – I remember one time I was sitting at a beat-ups with Sean, and it was like 07 – and I just looked at him, and it was probably earlier than that. It was probably like 2005-ish. And I just went, is Paul Pierce still playing basketball? Because he was – I remembered him from like watching the Celtics and everything. And then he was just a name I stopped hearing about. Yeah. And it was – he was hurt. He was hurt all the time. As what it was in the time I asked is he was actually on a season and an injury. And – uh he was always that guy that you knew was a super loyal guy to his team because, I mean, he stuck with them for so long through a right. really, really, really bad patch of seasons. Uh, and he was a he was that player that, yeah, he was a great player but needed the extra kind of complimentary pieces to elevate him. Mm-hmm. But holy shit, if when they finally got him those pieces, if he didn't deliver. Oh, my God, yeah. Which is like, so funny. Because if you remember, like right before that deal happens, there's those rumors that he's going to the Lakers to play with Kobe. Yeah, I mean, it's he's that he was that dude that if he hit his like maybe three of his first five shots, you never wanted him to touch the ball the rest of the game. Right. Like I remember like watching just Celtics games during the the Big Three time, and every time Pierce had the ball, I'd be like, "Oh shit, you let you you fucked up. Like that's it. You guys are <laughs> you fucked up now." Like. And it was insane to see him, like, deliver so, you know, in such a grand scale for that city. And, and when they got him those players, I'll I'll miss him. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, just kind of see him fizzle out between uh, 
Brooklyn and Washington and LA and just kind of going where where someone needs him and then getting him to retire I think alongside Doc Rivers is is fitting. Well, that's what I thought was funny. It was Doc Rivers had that comment a couple weeks ago because uh, there was some rumblings about this happening and he said if Paul Pierce retires, he's retiring a Celtic. He said I will make sure that he retires a Celtic. Huh. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see if he does that. Uh, yeah, Doc Rivers seems like a real stand-up guy. Yeah, he does, man. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed his time in Boston. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think it's got to be weird that he coached his son in the NBA because it, he has to not treat him like favorably. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, sure. Yeah, but I mean, at least Paul Pierce could retire with a good team, man. Like That Clippers team, like we talked last uh, a few weeks ago, uh, I think Sean went as far as to say that he thinks they're the two team in the West, and yeah. I think that's fair. Like, I think that's a definite fair assumption for them. Um, sure. Obviously, you will never have me say anything bad about JJ Redick, so right. I'll stay away from that conversation there. But uh, yeah, so I really hope you know, for the sake of not that I'm a Clippers guy by any stretch, I really hope they can be competitive. And I understand they're not going to get out of the West because you know there's that big bad team at Oracle Arena. But if they can be the team that's the last team to play them before the finals. I would be super cool with that being the end of Paul Pierce's career. Yeah, and I, I think all eyes are going to be on February when he returns to Boston. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely going to be, for, for NBA fans for sure, must watch. Uh, yeah, I, I think regardless of how it goes out, I don't think it's going to you know tarnish his career or anything no. like that. Uh, he'll he'll be remembered for his peak years. He, he'll be remembered for that that's the big three stint, I think, more than you know, he will for anything else. Yeah, I agree. And not to mention the best sports center commercial ever. Right. Both of them actually. Yeah. Do you remember the the one where they're like all in uniform and they're like walking around and I was like, Oh, did you guys call each other this morning? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. Sports center commercials. It's, I think it's fitting that they're all kind of retiring like within a certain, you know, not together, but within a pretty similar window of time. Yeah, I agree, man. It's a shame they can't all go into the Hall of Fame together. I know that's I know that's overstating their pairing and everything, but it changed how rosters are done in the NBA. Completely, man. And like, I think what would be funny is if that were to actually be the case, I would really love that the three go up there and Kevin Garnett doesn't say a single word to Ray Allen. <laughs> and then ends it with anything is possible. Right, yeah. Confetti guns, whatever. Dropkick Murphy's play. I don't know. David Ortiz comes out and does some sort of, you know, Irish jig. Oh, dude, that's so funny because um, I was listening to – I talked about this a little bit last week. So when Kevin Garnett was in uh, doing his meetings with every – I mean, Kevin Kevin Durant, wow, was doing his meetings with every team. Obviously, he met with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad Stevens was talking about this on Bill Simmons' podcast. And he does like – so – Tom Brady was in the meeting with you guys. <laughs> and uh, he's like, what was Tom like? He's like, Tom was really involved. Tom was excited. Tom wanted to have, to have me, him, uh, Durant, Poppy, and Brady be the big three in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, that would have been that would have been a big thing for, for them. Boston gets all the cool shit. Yeah, they do, man. They've really become like the city of sports lately. Yeah, a bunch of jerks with their marathons. <laughs> right. So, dude, like, with um, all the happiness and celebratories that we've had this week, 
Uh, you know, looking back at these great careers, guys like Garnett and Pierce, obviously. Um, we have Derek Rose have a microphone in front of him, which is no, it's just not a good idea. We know this. So, right. yeah. So for those who don't know what we're talking about, um, we are two guys that we sat and waited throughout the quote unquote, the return. We fell in love with Derek Rose's uh, campaign for the return. When he did the press conference, he said, I'm just a kid from Inglewood. I don't deserve this. Um, and we you know we fell in love with the guy that we saw win the MVP and the Rookie of the Year, and we even had a discussion at one point of maybe they'll retire number one at the United Center. That's starting to look a lot less likely, folks, because Derrick Rose does not know when to shut up. Um, it's heartbreaking. So he goes out, and you know, there's some things I get it. He goes to New York, he has a press conference, and he's trying to get fans behind him and riled up. Cool, go for it, man. That's awesome. I'm happy. You know, good for you, Derrick Rose. I hope you guys do well, and I hope you succeed. Then he decides to say things like, uh, Chicago took me for granted. I'm getting way more love in New York than I ever did in Chicago. And just things are just adding and adding and adding. And not to mention the case, you know, that's going on, which I don't really want to talk about that really at all by any sure. stretch. Um, but no. he's not helping his case. Like, he's at the point now where he might get booed in the United Center when they go there in October. I mean, it, it, I, I'm not trying to play like a woe is, woe is us card as fans or anything, sure. but... Yeah, there he, he was unfortunately plagued and kind of mired with injuries. And, and in the scope of things, yes, the fans, like the real entrenched fans, I think kind of like turned on him a little bit because he did kind of he, – he became pegged as injury prone. Right. And as a star player, that's what you don't want to have happen. And I, I think – the constant press conferences of I'm back or wait till you see me this season or, you know, the, the, the dude really, I mean, when he said, why couldn't I be the MVP and then won the MVP. And I think everyone kind of got hooked on Derek Rose's prognostications because then there was the, all the, every time coming after an injury, wait till you see me this season, I've got my jump back. You know, no one's going to be able to stop me. No one's going to stop this team. He's hurt. Right. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a bummer that it kind of went out the way it did. I mean, he was, you know, the pride of Chicago and everything, but whatever. He's fitting in with New York, it seems like. Uh, but it, it sucks as a whole. It does only because, like, Memorable would be like, man, I really wish that Derek wouldn't let Reggie Rose talk. Derek is Reggie Rose right now. Yes, he's he's fully finished the Animorphs cover into Reggie Rose. Uh, yeah, I I mean it's he's at the end of the day. I mean he's our age. Right. He's a kid or kid kiddish adult. He's old enough to know better. But yeah, he he really needs to kind of like stop talking. Like let the season speak for you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's some things like I said. He's I'm fine with. Like, so he's like, my goal is to make things easier for Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, you're right. That's fine. That's yeah, cool. Uh, even though I think Christoph Porzingis will be the best player on that team this year. but I hope. God, he's going to be so good. Um, but yeah, man, so like, I, I do wish the best for him. I just, he's not good with a microphone. People shouldn't put a microphone in front of him. I know why they do it to get the sound bites that they get, but it's just, no, just to stop. Yeah. Let's just not and, do it anymore. Yeah, I, I, I do want to make it clear. I've gotten over my curmudgeonly days of of NBA hatred of certain players and things sure. like that. And yeah, I, I don't want to see 
anyone get hurt. I don't want to see anyone's, you know, career get shortened. And you want to see, a, you know, all teams do well because a rising tide raises all ships kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And, but just, just stop talking and let the season speak for you. Yeah. Like that, that's the best. If I could just look at Derrick Rose, that'd be what I'd tell him is shut up, talk on the court because you have talked every year and you have torn so many things in your legs. Right. Like you were, this is a very high risk, low reward for you. By the way, did you see Pal at Spurs Media Day? No. Super weird seeing him in a Spurs jersey, man. Super weird. He's just fulfilling. He's fulfilling the prophecy. Oh God, absolutely, he is. He is. We like... we we've discussed the Spurs prophecy. Yeah. At uh, length, there. I have a list of players who would need to fulfill the Spurs <laughs> prophecy. Michael Kidd Gilchrist included. Eventually. He's got about five more years on him before that happens. Dude, they're talking about him having a pretty good, like, they're saying he's going to be pretty good in Charlotte this year. We all know that, like, I've been begging for that for a while, so fingers oh, crossed. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, folks, this week's theme of this week's show, after we get the NBA news out, you know, we try to get this issue. We're getting ready for the season. I think next week is the game plan. We're going to do our fantasy preview for you guys out there, you fantasy basketballers. Um, but this is a little over-under segment we came up with, so... How this is going to work is uh, Alex and I are going to give out some uh, give out stats. We're going to list a number, and then you know if I'm asking Alex, Alex will give his answer why he think why he's over under why. Just a typical fun thing to do to get some stuff going. So Alex, you ready? Yep. All right. So I've already called this man the MVP of the 2016-17 season. Uh, I do believe that you know he's going to have a lot more on his shoulders this year to make this his Oklahoma City competitive. So Alex, over or under six triple doubles this year for Russell Westbrook. Ah, I'm going to say seven. Okay. And then that's not like a price is right thing. It's just, uh, no, I, the seven sticks out for some reason. I, I think the capabilities are there. Uh, he could do more. I mean, we could see a Jason kid prime season, mm-hmm. uh, but it just, it really, it's going to revolve heavily around the other four guys on the court with him. Yeah, I agree. I think having all depots as shooters could be nice. Uh, we've all talked about how much we love Steven Adams on this team, so I- I'm going to go over myself. I just think he's going to, you know, a Russell Westbrook with something to prove is sure fun to see. Yeah, I hope. I mean, it, hopefully, it makes for a lot of really good games. I mean, like I said, I want to see everyone do well, but yeah, I think that. But I think this is going to be a situation where everyone else on the roster is going to make or break Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so Dwayne Wade plays 50 games. I believe that he'll play 55, truthfully. Um, you know, last year he played 66 and mm-hmm. he had a really good year for Miami. Um, granted that was the emergence of Hassan Whiteside helping him out. And he might not have a guy like that. It's necessarily in Chicago, but he does have a guy like Butler. I think the Wade's going to really go out there and I think he's going to take playing for his home city with pride. And I think he's going to play 66. I think there's going to be some an- days where his ankles are going to act up. He's not going to be able to play. His knee might be have a little bit of pain because it's raining outside in Chicago. But other than that, like I, I really expect Dwayne Wade to really get like a good amount of season in this year. These Chicago winters are terrible on my knees. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's a fair that's a fair assessment. I think there will be you know like you you mentioned a pride thing. He's already said that he wants to be announced uh, at the games from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Which I love. Yes, I'm excited. He takes up that rose mantle. Uh, 
But, yeah, I, I think he can pull over 50. I think it's going to be situational. I, I think, thankfully, Tibbs isn't there. I right. think it's the only time I'm going to say that. Uh, yeah, I, I could go over. I would say, I would say, yeah, Usain 55 seems pretty, pretty reasonable, like, in that range. Okay. Let's say 34.2. Kyrie Irving's three-point percentage. I I'll take it. I think that's that's fair. Thirty-three is marginal. Thirty-three is kind of like what you would look for for a good shooter. So yeah, thirty-four will be sh- sure. Let's sh- no <laughs> pun intended, but let's shoot for it. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So this one, this is a this is a long one. This is a, this is a down the down the road one. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna look into the future here a little bit. You know I like to do that. Mm-hmm. So LeBron said he seen Garnett and Kobe and Duncan retire, and then Paul Pierce announced his retirement. It felt like it, he said it. He knows that he's on deck with Melo, Wade, Bosch, Chris Paul, uh, like that era is going to be kind of the next like big class to mm-hmm. you know gra- to, to graduate. Jesus Christ uh, to to retire. Carmelo Anthony is the first to retire. Yeah. Yeah. Not counting Chris Bosch's potential medical retirement. Yeah, I, I think he is. Um, I think he's taken those beating of that group. Mm-hmm. Um, because LeBron just re- is in unbelievable shape all the time. Yeah, and, and I feel like Carmelo has, has had to bear the bigger brunt. He's had the yes. bigger, you know, the bigger cross to bear at wherever, wherever he goes. He's had the least help. Yeah, I agree with that, and like you know, and then this year, like LeBron, uh, LeBron and Teron Lue have already discussed that uh, he's going to probably sit a little more than normal and get his rest in because like we've all discussed. I think you actually said that you thought they were going to take that Spurs mentality a little more this year. Um, so good call on that because they announced that today. Nice. Yeah. It makes sense. They don't have anything to prove. Neither do the Warriors. Like, well, Kevin Durant kind of has something that he has to do, but. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, what do they, what do they have to prove? They know they're the second best team on paper in the NBA. I agree. Yeah, for sure. All right, Alex, this is going to be a little low. The number is 12. The amount of Brooklyn Nets wins this year. I will say 16. Ooh. I, I, I will say 16 and 66. Okay. Uh, Probably should do them good enough to not have the number one pick in the draft because they traded it. But someone someone will benefit greatly from Brooklyn's season. Yeah, Brook Lopez. Yeah, Jesus. Okay. Oh, we should cut out all these pregnant pauses here. Uh, <laughs> all good. Yeah. Brandon Ingram is a starter by the All-Star game. Mm, yes. Um, between who they're going to sit, I'm not ready to say yet, because I don't think they'll sit Randall, which means they might have to sit Luol. Or, sure. you know, they might have Brandon Ingram play the two, which mm-hmm. I'm cool with. Yeah. Um, I just think that at some point, it's kind of like the rookie quarterback in the NFL, uh, exactly, you know, for every Carson Wentz, there's a situation like Jared Goff where it's when he's ready to play, he'll play thing. I think that's yeah. going to be the case for Brandon Egram. All right. Hmm. 7.3 Damian Lillard's assist total, uh, assist average this year. 
Higher. Higher? Yeah, I, I think it'll be higher. I think we will see rare air Damian Lillard this season. Uh, the West is tight, and the well, the West is tight from two down. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of talent out in the West, and I think he, I think this is the year that we will see Damian Lillard defined. I, think I mean, we've we've seen how clutch he is in the playoffs and things like that, and he's had great seasons. But for some reason, I think this season is going to be Damian Lillard's standout year. So, for you fantasy fans, next week, spoiler alert: take a flyer on that Lillard guy. I hear he's pretty good, dude. Like, I love Lillard. I know we we've talked about how much we love Lillard. I literally got mad at an article I read the other day where someone said he was actually overrated. Like, I literally closed my phone because I was so annoyed by it already <laughs> by the headline. Um, right. I think that he's going to have a huge year. I think he's going to be in the MVP running. Um, and I think that, like, he's going to really show... I think he's going to elevate Festus Azili in a way that Curry and Clay Thompson could not. I want Festus Azili to be an Oregon- Oregonian household name. <laughs> because why wouldn't he be? Yes. Oh, man. Let's see. I'll see if I can't come up with one more here. We can, st- we can go back to the Knicks here. Uh, Joe Kim Noah plays 33 games. <laughs> oh, man. Well, he's already missing camp, but that's because he had a daughter. So first off, congratulations, Joe Kim. Absolutely. Um, but I think Joe Kim will put some time in this year. I will go a little bit higher than 33. I think if he'll play, I think he'll get about 50 games in this year. Um, if the Knicks are smart, they will find ways to keep him active if that means cutting minutes. Uh, because after Joe Keane, there's a big drop-off in at the center position for the Knicks. Yeah. I, uh... Man, that Knicks seems fascinating. Aren't they? They are. What a... What a strange amalgamation that turned into. I know. There's so many fascinating teams this season. I'm so excited. I know. I am, too. One I'm, month. I am, too. I can't wait, man. It's going to be so great. All right. My final over-under from this segment. Hmm. This guy has been a 50-40-90 a, a a guy before. So, in this new oh, offense... Oh, yes, I think Jose Calderon will be just as good as he is always. Oh, yeah, me too. I do too. <laughs> so, Kevin Durant, in his new offense, in his new role, has a 50-40-90 season. Hmm. Maybe this if, if this were a MythBusters, it would be it'd be it'd be you know maybe it would be a hard maybe. I I couldn't bust or prove that. Uh, it's we'll see. It's I such mean, a hard thing to do. Yeah, because it, is it going to be that he's going to go out there and kind of be the new you know face of the Warriors to work alongside Steph Curry and everything, or is it going to be he kind of takes a back seat? We we don't. I, I I don't know how that team's actually going to play. Yeah. This, I mean, it all lines up. It all makes sense. I mean, the stars are aligned, and it's the age of Aquarius. But, like, it's... it's I don't know. I just... Because we've seen super teams fail before. So, I... Oh, yeah. I have no idea. I will say maybe. I think that, like... You mentioned, you know, so many fascinating teams for so many different reasons. They're certainly a fascinating team. Because of the success, obviously, they've had the past few years on uh, bringing in, you know, 
for people who call LeBron and Curry a one and two in the league, which I agree with, Durant could very well be three. Uh, you know, depending the night. And um, oh yeah, so in like a Batman and Robin situation, he's Batgirl. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if he were Kiss, he'd be Ace Freely. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I think that he's just you know. So I, I you know. I expect Kevin Durant to have some of those nights where he is otherworldly, but I also expect him to have some of those nights where he doesn't get enough touches. Yeah, I mean, it's... Steve Kerr has mastered basketball. He he is the he is the new sorcerer. He's got the brooms dancing. Uh, it's... He, he'll know what to do. I don't, I don't know how he mastered the sport, but he has... And you don't see teams that go seventy three and nine actually get better, and right. they did. Yeah. So it's anything, any prediction I make for that Warriors team, I feel like I'm underselling their potential. I agree. I mean, it's just so hard to, to sell them there. So you know, while we have a few minutes here before we close out this week's show, um, let's kind of talk about some things around the league here. So. Kind of like, let's look at some guys that, you know, we really can see kind of making that next step there. Let's look particularly in the second-year players. Like, it's it's easy to say Carl Anthony Towns has continued to get better because he's already really, really good. Um, but who are some of these, you know, who are some of these guys, maybe these first, second, third-year players you see really taking the step to the next level in the league? See, give me one second. I got to, you threw me off. I got to look up some sophomores. <laughs> Let's see, Kristaps uh, Porzingis is what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely, he's someone that I would totally think would improve. Uh, the second year is always so tricky, though. It is. Because it's so... Especially so those many, like, two. Yeah, I mean, there's such a sophomore slump that happens. Yeah, those two, I mean, were so outstanding last year. And, like, well, obviously, we're one and two in rookie of the year voting. Right. Um, so, yeah, that it is a hard one to think. See, I'm pulling up the 2015 draft here. Okay, well, apparently D'Angelo Russell can't run a drill, so... Uh, <laughs> He's out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, Okafor... Speak just tangentially here. There's a photo of Okafor holding a basketball, and the damn thing looks like a grapefruit in his hands. Dude, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with... Uh, when we when we talked about the Pacers and everything, Miles Turner was a name yeah. that was said, you know, over and over and over again. He's one that I think people are going to be on the lookout for. Uh, maybe Devin Booker. Uh, yeah, he's he's gonna be good. Yeah, I I hope and pray that this is this is the you know the Bobby Bobby Portis just has a revelation. Uh, yeah, I mean it's. Mm. I don't know. Towns, obviously. Uh, Hezonia, I think, will be... Yeah. That, if, if anything out of Carl Anthony Towns, like outside of that room, I would say Mario Hezonia would be the person I would keep my eye on the most. I, I don't think that this guy's going to be, you know, the guy I'm going to name here. And obviously people are going to say I'm biased, obviously, because of who it is. Um, I really think Jerry Grant's really going to develop be a really good player in this Bulls <laughs> rotation next year. Like, honest truth, like... I think he's a good Depending enough player. on how much time he gets. Right. Uh, he's a good enough player as far as a point guard. You can't tell me if, if a game's on the line and Rondo's fouled out that you want Spencer Dinwiddie in the game over him. God, I hope they don't do that. Don't do that, Hoiberg. <laughs> but, I mean, Hoiberg's a guy that likes to run that like pick-and-roll style, and Jerry was elevated with that Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. Almost beat 
beat the almighty 37 and 0 Kentucky team. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I really, I don't think he's going to end up being like a superstar or anything of that matter, but I really think the bulls are really going to appreciate what he brings to the table this year. Sure. Uh, also I think Tyus Jones yeah. is, is another one that could be, have a good breakout season. Uh, and the kind of reason I'm, I'm dodging Porzingis is it's easy. It, it is. It's an easy pick, but I think he's also probably the one that's most likely to have the rug pulled out from underneath of him. Yeah. Uh, I just, historically, I, I think players of his style who have that huge breakout year, especially in New York, uh, have a really you know hard time kind of capitalizing on that. So, yeah, I, I think Carl Anthony Towns, obvious pick. Uh, Hazonia could be interesting. Tyus Jones would be good. Uh, I hope... Ba- if playing time pans out, Jerry and Grant, uh, for the Bulls' sake. <laughs> but, I mean, going through it, there's not a whole lot. Maybe uh, Emmanuel Moutier, no. I, I do uh, like him, but... Yeah, I do. But he kind of seems like a dude that, like, we've seen Emmanuel Moutier. Right. But, who knows? I mean, that's why I don't play basketball. That's why I'm not in the front office. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I hear you. Oh, man. You know, there's just still, like, kind of like there on that, uh, kind of having the discussion, too. I really think a guy that's really going to take the next step, and this is kind of weird to say because I do think he's already one of the best in his position. For some reason, I just think Kyle Lowry is going to be unbelievable this year. Like Kyle Lowry's been unbelievable, and everyone's just now paying attention. I agree. Yes, you're right. But, like, to the point where, you know, we've talked about, and we gave our thoughts, and we thought, you know, it was Cleveland, Boston, Toronto. I could definitely see another ECF rematch because I think that Toronto, with him and DeRozan bringing in Solinger, I just think that they're so good. They're going to make noise. They're going to do something that's just going to blow your mind this year. Oh, yeah. I I can only hope. I mean, I I want the Eastern Conference to have depth. I I don't want it to be Cleveland and pretty much interchangeable parts. Uh, No, Kyle Lowry has been good for so long and I'm so glad he's finally getting noticed for it I mean that's so great to see but yeah I, I think he is going to be hopefully very dangerous this year because yeah. uh, that's the thing is like with these point guards in the east like those three best teams are probably the three teams that you're like have the most reliable point guards in the east as well um you know Lowry Kyrie and Isaiah, like, those guys sure. are just so good and just such such good facilitators. And it just makes it, so, you know, it's so, like you said, like, I'm so happy. Because it seems like Kyle Lowry didn't get love when he was in Houston. And now oh. now that he's in Toronto, it's like, see, guys, we told you. Yeah, everybody was all on that Aaron Brooks dick. <laughs> Get me on that Kyle Lowry dick. And now Aaron Brooks is in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, he's over there. He's over there with the Pacers. The Indiana's on the Aaron Brooks dick. Come kind on, Toronto. Of. Come on, Toronto. You know what you got. <laughs> kind of like because he's like behind, obviously Jeff Teague, and he's behind a few other. Like I think there's another guy in between them. I can't think of. I think CJ. CJ's out there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're just getting all the old bulls second <laughs> stringers. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. What did I see the other day? I saw DJ Augustine just sign, uh, is like playing. I think he's out of Orlando now, so that's nice. Yeah. Ah oh, man, another one of the glorious benefactors of Tibbs Dust. 
He was fun in his time in Chicago, man. Like all of the all of the John Lucas, uh, Robinson, it, it, fucking Lindsay Hunter would have been awesome. <laughs> That's like, true. It's just yeah, like I always looked forward to what veteran second string understated point guard that they were getting. <laughs> Because it was just like cool, like oh, yeah, y'all, y'all kind of y'all fucked up now. Like I, I keep going back to that, but yeah, that was always the best thing was when they'd sign a guy and you'd be like, "There it is, I can't wait." Like it's so like yeah, like Nate was just so good, like and so fun in Chicago. Um, Nate was fun in Boston that year when they lost yeah. In the finals. Yeah. Yeah, I miss yeah. it, man. Yeah, I think. I gotta, I gotta be more appreciative. I think of the talent that's in the NBA now. I've, I've still kind of have that curmudgeon in me where I, I like to go. These guys aren't as good as the people that played back in my day. Hakeem Olajuwon, that was a real center, and <laughs> I, I gotta be better about that because I, I keep looking at these players and I'm like, nah, they weren't as good as these other guys that played. And yes, sure, they aren't, but they're still talented, and I still need to watch and. I gotta be more mindful of that. I lose agree. my head sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you because I do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, it's hard. It's just like when you naturally get closer to 30, you stop listening to new music. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like I realized while I was like going through my phone the other day and going through music, and I was like, "This is all 90s and 2000s hip hop." Yep. <laughs> that that is my phone right now. Yeah. <laughs> So I think, you know, with the, with the lack of news this week and having our fun over-under segment, I think it's fair to say we might be able to wrap this week's edition of the Corner 3 podcast um, a lot quicker with only the two of us. I know. I miss Sean. I do, too. Yeah. But never fear, next week... I hope he's feeling better. He has, he has meningitis and tinnitus and tendinitis. Man. If he's got itis, he's got it, apparently. Yeah. Gingivitis? Yeah, double. She's got double gingivitis. <laughs> so Sean will be back next week. We're going to do our fancy basketball preview. Hopefully be kicking out some more fast breaks to you soon. Uh, like I said, be sure to check us out on Facebook at the Corner 3 Basketball. We're also on Instagram and Twitter with uh, at, at Corner 3 Pod. And you can check out our shows on Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes by searching the Corner 3. So on behalf of Sean Mackey, Alex Derrickson, this is Tim Daniel. Thank you all for tuning in. And we're almost there, folks. It is almost NBA time. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.